If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to talk about living uncommon, but I'm going to talk a little bit about what I dealt with Sunday on being strengthened with all might in our inner man. And so I'll get to Ephesians chapter 3 here in just a little bit. But um, so appreciate the word that my wife ministered last week. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I love when she brought out about, um, about Sarah when she says, in that scripture, all that here will laugh with me. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, what does that represent? Meaning God wanting to do something impossible. Don't ever discount where you are. Don't ever discount your situation and don't ever tie or limit God in any way for the impossible to take place in your life. You know, I believe he's a master at taking, making um, impossibilities possible. You know, uh, I think he, I believe that he, uh, he can make common things uncommon. It was a phrase that I think was maybe um, uh, popular last year in 2020. And I know we've all heard this statement, the new normal. You ever, did you hear that statement, the new normal? You know, and, and with just the, I, I don't like the idea of anything normal. And, and so let alone a new normal, <laughs> but uh, what if, what, just think, think about for a moment, what if the new normal was extraordinary? Now, when you look at it from that perspective, it, it kind of gives a whole nother, a whole nother connotation to what normal could be. You know, we, we, we can get, we can get, look at normal as being, well, just average. But when we look at uh, what if our normal were, were blind eyes open, what if our normal was our whole community being saved? The whole gets, gets a whole nother. See, if, if you if your normal is extraordinary, <laughs> you think about it, think about it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. No, that's not what I'm preaching on tonight, but I mean, I guess it is because we're talking about living uncommon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Uh, before I get to Ephesians 3 and Acts chapter 10, and when I started the series, we started with Acts 10, 15, but I want to read verse 28 uh, to us tonight. And it says this, and he said to them, you yourselves are aware how it is not lawful or permissible for a Jew to keep company with or to visit or even to come near to speak first to anyone of another nationality. But God has shown and taught me by words that I should not call any human being common or unhallowed or unclean. I should not call any human, any person common. I don't look at you and call you common. Because I, I, I see you. I don't look at myself as being common or ordinary because I have to see myself the way God sees me. I, 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 I want to see you the way God sees you. And that's why this whole series of living uncommon is all about is not you seeing yourself as the way you've always been, but seeing yourself in the light of the word, seeing yourself in the light of way, the way God sees you. And in order for us to live uncommon, we, we have, I made this statement, I believe this past Sunday was we have to come to a place where I don't know what service I set it in because with two services, things come out different and you know, that we have to live, come to a place where we live from the inside out, not the outside in. 
and where we so often our lives are dictated by everything that's happening around us instead of what God is doing in us and living from that position and living from that place. So with that being said, Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 for the sake of time, and this is his prayer, and it's in already the Amplified, it says, May he grant you out of the rich treasure of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. May he give you, grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory. Now just, just think of think, this rich treasury of glory. Now think, think of God. God does not have limitations. God is not without ability in any sense of the imagination. And the prayer here is that God would give you out of the rich treasury of his glory to strengthen be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power. So out of his glory, he's going to strengthen you, reinforce you with mighty power, but it's going to come how? By his spirit in the inner man. Meaning it's not, it's not something that's on the outside. It's not something that's natural that's going to be what's going to strengthen you, but it's going to be something, it's going to be the spirit of God is what's going to strengthen you. Hallelujah. That you would be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on a few scriptures later in verse 19. It says that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. So out of this rich treasury of his glory, that we are going to be strengthened in our inner man by the Holy Spirit. And with that, we're going to be filled with all the fullness of God. God does not want us to live empty. He doesn't want us living lower than or, or less than or in weakness, in defeat in any, in any area of our lives. He wants us to be strengthened. Now, uh, how many people have ever listened to Dave Ramsey? Anyone? Love Dave Ramsey. Amazing insight about finances, uh, practical, spiritual, the word planning, saving. I mean, great, great insight. And he makes a statement and, and uh, it's birthed out of this thought. He goes, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. Meaning I live like no one else today so I can live like no one else. And, and he's in referencing to talking about saving and getting out of debt, meaning I do things different. I do things different than the rest of the world does today. So I can live not like the rest of the world tomorrow. And, and so bringing that over, I believe that's really, I believe it's scriptural. I believe that's the way God desires us to live, that we live in a way that no one else lives so we can live like no one else lives. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now we know according to scripture that in the world we'll have tribulation. We also know through scripture that Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, what I want us to see first is God wants us to live uncommon. That's his desire for us, but the enemy has a desire. 
We know that it says the enemy goes about as a roaring lion. We know that the enemy wants to steal, to kill, and destroy. But God says, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. So the enemy's desire is to create enough pressure to create enough smoke screens around us, one, that we begin to doubt God's willingness in our lives. He wants to pressure us in so many ways that we come to a place where either let go of promises or whether we quit or whether we throw in the towel. That's how the enemy operates. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why when the word goes forth, we know Mark chapter 4 says the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. He doesn't want you living uncommon. He doesn't want you. The enemy does not want you living the way God wants you to live. That's what he, and so he's going to, he, he's going to bring attacks into your life. He's going to bring setbacks into your life. He's going to bring temptations into your life. Why? Because he wants to pressure you, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> to give up or to quit. <clears throat> There's nothing new under the sun. Go to um, Psalm chapter 94. So God's desire is for us to live in common, but the enemy's plan is for us to live below. To live, instead of living, the enemy doesn't want us to live above the circumstances. He wants us to live under the circumstances. He wants us living subject to everything that's happening around us. In Psalms 94, and there's other scriptures I could go, but um, just I want you to see because David gives us a lot of insight into really the Father's heart, but also the, the attacks of the enemy. You know, in, in uh, don't turn there, but in Psalms 89, he would make statements like this How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself? He would make a different statement. Why? 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 Because he's experiencing attacks. And, and, and there's this constant, that's the enemy wants us to give in to the, the thing is, God, why are you hiding yourself? God, how long are you going to let the enemy have the upper hand? How long are you going to let this happen? How long is this going to be a part of my life? And, and, and in Psalms 94 verse two, he says, rise up, O judge of the earth, render to the proud a fit compensation. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph and exalt? They pour out arrogant words, speaking hard things. All the evildoers boast loftily. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow, the transient stranger, and murder the unprotected orphan. Yet they say, the Lord does not see, neither does the God of Jacob notice it. Now think of it, this is the psalmist is writing here and, and he's talking about, God, how long is this going to happen? He said, this is what they're saying. This is what the enemy's doing. And I, I really want you to see, this is not my main point tonight, but I want you to see is the enemy is always going to try to come against God's best for your life. And he's saying, and he's saying this is what the enemy says. Yet they say the Lord does not see, nor does the Lord care. See, that, that's what the enemy would want you to think about your current situation. The enemy doesn't care. I mean, God doesn't care. But yet, yet David, yet the writer here in the, throughout the Psalms has a revelation of, of really the heart of the Father, the heart of God. Let's go to verse 22. 
but the Lord has become my high tower. Actually, look at verse 21. It says, they band themselves together against the life of the consistently righteous and condemn the innocent to death. Meaning this is the enemy. The enemy wants to band himself together to come against your life. But this is, I love the response of the psalmist. It says, but the Lord has become my high tower and defense and my God, the rock of my refuge. And he will turn back upon them their own iniquity and wipe them out by means of their own wickedness. And the Lord, our God will wipe them out. Hallelujah. See, that's what God thinks about your enemy. That's what, that's what God thinks about your enemy. There's nothing in the word of God that gives the enemy any authority over the life of believer. The only authority that, that the enemy has is the authority that you give him in your life. That's the only authority. The only authority that you give him is when you choose not to be under authority. And, when I, and I'm talking about God's authority. See, the Apostle Paul knew that we would have attacks. The Apostle Paul experienced attacks. And that's what I want you to see. The enemy's plan is always to come against God's plan. And that's why the Apostle Paul prayed throughout, throughout his life for the church that you would be strengthened with all might in your inner man. He prayed that. Why? Because he knows that you would come to a place where you would need strength. How many people need strength tonight? Maybe you might not need it tonight. You're going to need it tomorrow. I need strength. There's things I encounter every day that, that in my own ability, I'm not going to have the ability to, to maybe to counsel that person or give wisdom to that person. Or, you know, you know, I'm telling you, it's just constantly. Why? Because that's how the enemy operates. That that's, you know, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So there's things that happen in life that, that in this world, that's going to burden us and pressure us. But we have to understand how are we going to live uncommon in a common world. We have to come to a place where we know where to receive our strength. Let's go to Galatians chapter six, Galatians chapter six, strengthened with all might in your inner man. Hallelujah. Now, when we see this scripture, a lot of times we look at we look at it at as financial, but there's a principle here. So Paul knew that we would face pressure. He knew we would face attacks. Verse 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now we know that. So whatever I sow is what I'm going to reap. Whatever I, you know, um, you ever heard the phrase, what comes around goes around. You know, a lot of times, you know, there's a, there's a worldly word called karma. Well, it's really sowing and reaping. God established that. That's not a, that's not a, a, a Buddhist or a metaphysical thing. It's, it's, it's how the kingdom of God operates. It's, it's laws that were set. As long as the earth remain, it's a law that's in the earth. 
as long as the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. And, and he says, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. But what is, what is he referring to now? The next verse tells us, how, how can I look at this in my life? Verse 8 says, for he that sows to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So if all I do is give my time and sow time to things that are carnal and natural, the only thing I can reap is something that's carnal and natural. If all I do is sow uh, natural things into my life, then that's the harvest that I have. And I have no one else to blame but myself. I have no one, I have no one else to blame for, for the direction my life goes except for what I've sown to my flesh. Good or bad. It's not all, you know, there, there's, there's some good things that you can sow to your flesh, like exercise. Eating right. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things that you can, you can, she's like, she, you need to practice what you preach is what she's saying. <laughs> so, so the point is, <laughs> but the point is, is the fact of whatever you sow to your flesh is, is really going to be temporary. If you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap corruption. It's, it's the bottom line. It's just natural. But when you sow to the spirit, when you sow something that's supernatural, you reap something eternal. And so the thing is, is, is am I sowing, am I more concerned with my flesh or am I con- more concerned with the spirit? Someone say amen, please. Amen. For he that sows to the flesh, excuse me, shall reap <laughs> flesh or corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting. Then verse nine says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. So what would the well-doing be? Sowing to the spirit. See, that's the, that's the well-doing. The well-doing is, is not, is not the sowing to your flesh. The, 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 the well, I'm getting, the well-doing, the well-doing is sowing to the spiritual side of life. Hallelujah. Let us not be weary. Don't be weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. What is Paul talking about? Paul is saying, hey, don't stop doing what you know to do. Don't stop doing the things that are going to bring longevity in your life. Don't stop doing the things that are going to bring life everlasting. We have a world around us that constantly is so tied into the natural side of life. And the thing is, is that's all you do, then that's all you can receive. But when you are, when we are a people that are totally sowing to the spirit, then what we reap, we, we are partakers of things that are eternal. You know, when you, when you partake of things that are eternal, natural things can't touch them. And he tells us, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. What would be the connotation there? We will reap if we faint not. Meaning we will reap if we continue 
to sow to the spiritual side of life. And there's only, and the thing is, if we stop sowing to the spiritual side of life, then that means we're going to start sowing to the flesh. You're, you're, there's no, there's no, there's no neutral. There's no neutral. You're either going to be sowing to the spirit or sowing to the flesh. There's not, there's not, there's not a medium ground. So Paul's saying, Hey, he continue to continue to sow to the spirit and don't stop doing that because you will reap. You reap, you will reap. If you continue to stay with this word and you continue to do the things that, that, that are spiritual, then you will reap a harvest on those things that you're doing. Amen. Go to second Corinthians chapter four, second Corinthians chapter four. Verse 16, actually verse 15. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving, many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. Hallelujah. That the abundant grace, the abundant grace. Now we know that grace is God's ability and we know that the Apostle Paul talked about um, that that in his in my weakness um, that in my weakness that I'm made strong it, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> that I'm made strong in my weakness through him right so we know by his grace we're made stronger so which cause we faint not but though our outward man perishes yet the inward man is renewed day by day. My outward man is perishing, but yet my spirit man is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. My outward man, I don't faint. He he says, for which cause we don't faint. We don't faint. But though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. What is this telling us? What is Paul trying to communicate to us? That we constantly need to be renewed on the inside. That our spirit man is the most important thing that we need to continue to cultivate and sow. Sow into. Hallelujah. If we're going to live in common, if we're going to be victorious in adversity, we need to be strong in our inner man. To be strong in our inner man... Is, is to build up resistance against the enemy. Let me say it again. To be strong in our inner man is to build up resistance against the enemy. For instance, let's look in the natural for a moment, the outer man. There's natural things with our outer man that can, that can assist us in, in resistance against certain things naturally. And what am I talking about? Proper diet, exercise, and rest. Now think about it. Our, our natural man, our outer man, 
In the natural, we know that, that if we, if we eat right, we're taking vitamins, we're, we're putting the right things into our body, we're exercising, we're keeping our heart rate up. There's different things that we do on a consistent base in our, in our life. And then also we're getting the proper amount of rest. Then what happens is our natural man, our outer body, so to speak, our immune system will get stronger. And when our immune system gets stronger, then our immune system does what God desired our natural body to do. And that is to fight off infection, to fight off disease, to go to areas of our body, our natural body, and all of a sudden bring aid to that part of our body to bring strength. Right? So there's natural things that we can do to strengthen this physical body, correct? But you have to understand everything that we see in the natural is, is first founded in the spiritual. So the same thing, if our inner man has the right diet, if our inner man is getting the right exercise and our inner man is getting the right rest, then we're going to see it result. We're going to see it show up in our daily lives. When attacks come. Are you with me? Just for instance, you don't need to turn there, but you can, you can uh, write down Ephesians 6. 13, verse 13 and 14. The right diet for spiritually. You know, in Ephesians 6, it talks about the whole armor of God. And he, he says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy. And it, it talks about taking, taking the belt of truth, taking the word, right? Taking, taking the belt of truth, which is the word of God. So, so we know that when we're, we're standing against attacks against the enemy and we take the, we take the word of God, then what happens is we're now be able to use that word to be able to stand against having done all to stand, stand therefore with the belt of truth on, right? So, so, so we're talking about overcoming attacks of the enemy. Then I have to understand that in the natural, just like a proper diet would be eating right in the spiritual, it would be eating right. It would be eating right. It would be eating right. It would be what's going into my eyes, what's going into my ears. It's what am I allowing to feed my spirit man? What am I allowing to feed me? Because what I'm feeding me, what I'm feeding my spirit man is what's going to cause me to be strong. That I would be strengthened with all might in the inner man. So having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. So, so I, can, I, I can also look at it this way. Um, for the sake of time, you know, to turn there, you can mark down Luke 18, verse 1. Jesus said this. He says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. So what was, what is the answer to not feigning? The answer was men ought always to pray. This was Jesus' instruction. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now that ought always to pray is, is not so you sound spiritual. No, prayer is, is communion with God. Prayer is fellowship. 
Prayer is sharing. Prayer is joint interest, joint, joint relationship. So when Jesus is saying, okay, how are you not going to faint when you choose to fellowship? See, this is the, this is the proper, you know, the, the proper diet would be the word of God coming in your, in your, uh, in your, in your ears, in your eye gate, in your ear gate. And it's, and it's, and that's shaping your lives and it's strengthening you spiritually. It's strengthening your spirit man. Now the, now the exercise would be the fellowship. Not only that, but, uh, you can look at, uh, you can mark down Jude verse 20. It says, building ourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Spirit is in the, in the, praying in the Spirit spiritually would be like lifting weights in the natural. You know, uh, uh, praying in the Spirit Spiritually, it would be like hooking your hooking your your cell phone up to to its charger at night. So so when I'm praying in the spirit, that's that's the right exercise. That's that's me lifting. It says it says build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So I could say it this way: as I pray in the Holy Spirit, I am building myself up. And that word build up means is the same word in the Greek for edify. And the word edify in the Greek means to charge like a battery. Go to, go to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Are you getting something out of this tonight? See, Paul wants us to be strengthened with all might in our spirit man. In our spirit man. But if we're constantly sowing to the flesh, how is our spirit man going to be strong? Woo. <laughs> First Corinthians 14 verse four, it says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, edifies himself. So when I speak in an unknown tongue, what's happening? I'm edifying myself. I'm building myself up. Now, we know he, in this chapter, he's more talking about the gifts of the spirit for the church because he goes on. He goes, I would rather you prophesy because when you prophesy, you edify the church. So the, the gifts of the spirit to edify the church, the personal gift of tongues is to edify the personal believer. There's a difference. And a lot of times religion has tried to put them all into one, one, one basket, but there's the individual gift of tongues. And then there's the gifts of the spirit that are to build up the church. They're two separate things, but understanding this. So, so this is part of the, the, you know, the right diet would be the word of God. The right exercise would be our fellowship with God and praying in the Holy spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul's prayer is that we would be strengthened with all might in our inner man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your inner man. Meaning it doesn't matter what might be happening. You're, you, you're finding your strength in here. 
You're sowing, you're, you're, you're sowing that. Sowing to the Spirit would be the time in the Word. Sowing to the, the Spirit would be the time that you take to fellowship with God. Listen to worship music. Listen to sermons. Listen to, to preachers. Coming to church. Being involved in a Thrive group. Connecting with other believers. All these things are aspects for you to build yourself up spiritually. So when Paul said, pray, I pray that you would be strengthened with all might in your inner man. All might. What does the word all might mean? The word might means inherent ability. It means capability. It means the ability to perform anything. See, this is Paul is praying that we would be strengthened with might. In our inner man, meaning we need to get to a place in our lives where we have capability, where it doesn't matter what might come our way. We are, we are well able with God to overcome it. Hallelujah. Might ability. We could connect the same word might to Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. With God, all things are possible. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything would mean he doesn't leave anything out. And this is all found in the word might. Mark 9, 23. All things are possible to him that believes. Now let's go to Philippians 4. Two more scriptures. Philippians 4. So Paul's prayer is that we be strengthened with all might in our inner man. But in order for us, our inner man to be strengthened, we're going to have to, we are going to have to sow the right things into our hearts. Philippians 4. We know a lot of you know this scripture. Verse 13. I'll read the King James first. I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Strengtheneth me. King James doesn't put TH on it so you can sound spiritual. King James puts it on there so you know that it's something that's continual. It's not a one-time thing, but it's a continual thing. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The Amplified says this, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Hallelujah. Now, Colossians 1, just go over one page. For me, it's one page. Hallelujah. To live in common, we, we don't live like everyone else. And that means we sow different things into our lives. But for the sake of time, just Colossians 1.11. He says, Paul's another prayer. He says, strengthen with all might. We see that scripture. We see that phrase again. Strengthened with all might. According to his glorious power. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. That's my prayer for each one of us. That we would be strengthened with all might.
to be strengthened with all might is to be with Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. But what that requires is, is, do you have the right diet? Do you have the proper exercise? And are you taking the proper rest? For us to be strengthened with all might in our inner man. It's interesting here in verse 11, he says, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering. That lets me know that it, it might not be a cakewalk. That's, that, might, that might let me know that, 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 that there's patience involved. There's long suffering involved. That means there's, there, there's going to be attacks. But the thing is, is, is that you have the greater one living on the inside of you. And because you have the greater one living on the inside of you, you are strengthened with all might in the inner man. So let me leave you with these three things for you to make note of for, for us all to put in practice. For us to be strong in our inner man. Number one, the proper diet. Let's feed on the word. Number two, proper exercise. Fellowship with God. Pray in the spirit. These things build us, build us up. And the third thing, proper rest. Wait on, and this, mean, this means to wait on the Lord through praise and worship. And allow a life of waiting on him to refresh you and to strengthen you. This is how the Apostle Paul lived his life. He didn't have any cheerleaders. He didn't have, he didn't have Corinthians to read. He didn't have Philippians to read. He, he wrote those. He had to live out of his personal relationship with God. And he taught us these things. The proper, the proper fellowship, the, pro, the proper diet, the proper exercise, and the proper rest. So, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And I thank you for the challenge that it brings to each one of us. I thank you that we are coming to a place where we're living uncommon. And I thank you that we make that determination, Lord, that we won't live continually sowing to our flesh. But because, Father, our desire isn't to reap corruption. But, Father, we make a decision that we will sow to the Spirit. And we know that as we continue to sow to the Spirit, we will reap life everlasting. I thank you that this is a room full of winners. This is a room full of people that are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This is a room full of overcomers. This is a room full of those that are strong in the Lord. I declare they will not be defeated. They will not give in to the attacks that are coming against them. They will not go forward, but they, they will not go backwards, but they'll go forward into everything that you've called them to. I thank you. They're strong in you. They're strong in their, in their marriage. They're strong against temptation. They're strong against the attacks of the enemy. They're strong against anything that would try to defeat them. I thank you. The greater one lives on the inside of them. And I thank you. They have a hunger for the word. They have a pursuit of your presence. And I thank you that they learn what it means to rest in you. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. If you receive that, give him a shout of praise for his word tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. You receive that word tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, being strong in your inner man. Hallelujah. It's not automatic. It's something that we continue to cultivate. Hallelujah. 
that our, that our outer man is perishing, but our inward man is being renewed day by day. But the question is, are you renewing it? Are you renewing it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.